Greetings and welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast from Discipleship Ministries and Agency of the United Methodist Church, located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship each week. I'm Derek Weber, Director of Preaching Ministries. I'm Lisa Hancock, Director of Worship Arts. And I'm Diana Sanchez-Bouchon, Executive Director of Worship Ministries and Director of Music Ministries. During this time of transition from virtual to online and hybrid worship, the worship team has endeavored to provide conversations that inspire worship teams and leaders to seize this moment and realize the opportunities before the church, finding ways to help those worshiping with us to re-engage and shape the church we are becoming. Today, the team is gathered to talk to you about planning worship for the high holy seasons that are coming. We want to start with Palm Sunday, Holy Week, and Easter, and then we want to talk about Easter Tide, and then we're going to finish up with a brief look at the Pentecost celebration that we have. We have some great worship series planned for you. We start with In Awe of Grace, which goes from April 2nd to the 10th, which is Palm Sunday through Easter Sunday. And then A Living Hope, April 16th through May 21st, which is the Easter tide, living out the implications of Easter. And then finally, When God Came Down Like Fire, which is end of May, beginning of June, which includes Pentecost and Trinity Sunday, just a two weeks. So So in the next bit of the podcast, we'll unpack it and give you some of the key features along with some ideas so that you can more easily contextualize it for your worship. So I want to start with the idea that says there are mountaintops that we climb from time to time, and it's an exciting time, and, and we need to seize the moment to experience these mountaintops, but also recognize that with every mountaintop, there's a valley that follows, or, or there's coming back down to the real world where we live and breathe, and so how do we hold on to the mountain, but also move forward in the days that are coming ahead, or between, or however we want to understand that. So let's start with our In Awe of Grace series that begins on Palm Sunday. That in and of itself is a little odd, I recognize. Normally, Palm Sunday comes at the end of the Lenten series, but those who have looked at our materials know that we ended our Lenten series the Sunday before Palm Sunday, which threw some people for a loop, I understand. But but we recognize that sometimes Palm Sunday, like Easter, has its own local traditions, and we wanted to give you space and and realm to do what you do in that space, but also to lift up those possibilities. So, in awe of grace is the recognition that says, this is God's work. We're a part of it. We're wrapped up in it. We have relationships and responses to make, but it's God's work, and we're we're watching, we're experiencing, we're walking through all of these things together. So we begin with Palm Sunday. This is the day. This is the day that this event happened. Whatever it means, however we approach it, however we respond to it. We also talk in our resources about the slash on this day, Palm Slash Passion Sunday. And you can decide in your local setting what makes the most sense, where the weight of the event is. But both of them need to be acknowledged, I believe, because not everybody participates in the rest of Holy Week. And so we have to have some sense of the depth uh, of this week that is before us. So from Palm Sunday, then we go to Monday, Thursday. And the title of that is Commanded to Love, which is odd sort of thing. How do you command love? Well, we 
have to wrestle with what love means, what service means, what it means to be with Jesus at this crucial moment, this Monday, Thursday communion slash service moment. What's going on here? And then, of course, from there we go to Good Friday, dancing in the dark. What is that? And we ask the question, is there room for joy even on this day? Maybe it's not something you've considered a lot. Good Friday tends to be a somber time. But is there room for joy in the midst of that? And then we have, we threw in a, a Holy Saturday experience. We call it hush. What happens in that day? You may not have a service, but you may want to send something to the congregation. Give them some thought pieces, some experience pieces to hold on to on that, on that day between the Good Friday and the Easter Sunday. And then we finish with Easter Sunday worship with the title, The End That Wasn't and celebrate all that that means. So that's that's the overview of all of that. And if we unpack that a little bit, we discover that what we're really saying is, how do we experience what God does in us and for us and through us? How do we pay attention to God's action in the midst of all of that? That's the over, overarching idea, the in awe of grace idea for that. We're we're asking people to pay attention to that. Does that make sense? What do you think, Lisa? How how do we live that out in our worship experience? Absolutely. What I love about pairing Palm Passion through Holy Week with Easter, so we have this, it's several pieces, but it's a one-week series in some mm-hmm. ways, right? A two-Sunday kind of across eight-day series is it really gives us some opportunities to slow and stretch time down and participate in the story. And so some of the liturgical resources you'll find are actually geared towards taking some of the ritual actions that we do on a weekly or a monthly basis like communion and slowing them down to enter into this story and live it alongside to experience the awe of grace and the work of grace within the story itself. So We don't often do this, but one of the things you'll actually find in this series is both for Palm Passion Sunday and for Maundy Thursday, you'll find a tailored communion liturgy that really kind of focuses not only on the the focus of the service, as you'll find in the planning notes and the sermon notes, but really how do we like engage and live and embody the scriptures in the midst of taking communion together? And one of the reasons I did this is because... April 2nd, Palm Sunday, Mm -hmm. is the first Sunday of the month. So it just so happened that the calendar kind of aligned. And for so many of our congregations, the first Sunday of the month is a typical communion Sunday. But then I also wanted to make sure that we had something for Maundy Thursday, as this is also a time that many congregations will take Holy Communion together. What I loved about Maundy Thursday, though, was also thinking through how do we incorporate the John 13 passage of foot washing and the mandate to love, the mandate that is not just the mandate for Maundy Thursday, but for all that follows Mm -hmm. through Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and into Easter and beyond. And so you'll find an optional hand washing or foot washing ritual that you could also incorporate into communion. And really, this is not you have to do this or you're expected to do this, but uh, just trying to open up the imagination for it, right? Like, how do we... How do we imagine how we could really kind of get 
our people down into the story and be part of the story, not just listeners to the story that is Holy Week, which I think then I found it so meaningful for us to do Holy Saturday because even if it, if you're sending something for people to do in their homes or you're just opening the church for quiet reflection, separate from an Easter vigil, which is also a beautiful practice, Holy Saturday was really a moment to think about what does it mean for us to be the women sitting at the tomb, mm-hmm. not knowing that the stone's going to be rolled away, and how do we how do we join them in prayer? And so I, you'll find a, a service kind of laid out, a very simple prayer service laid out that can be used. And I think it's also a great opportunity to write a reflection that goes up on social media, Mm -hmm. to put a simple prayer that is on social media, because some people may not know that the church is open or even think about the role of Holy Saturday, but scrolling through it can be just a moment, right, of like okay, let's hush our spirits and let's take a breath and let's remember that this Saturday also has a place the mm-hmm. activity is over and the resurrection is not yet what what i love about about your description of all of the the days but especially that holy saturday is that to be in awe is not to just sit back but we mm-hmm. participate we lean in how do we how do we live out our awe in a sense in the midst of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and of course singing yes. is always one way to, to lean into that <laughs> oh nice segue Derek. <laughs> yes. i love it good for you yeah so i really love the title of this series in awe of grace because it it so encompasses our humanness in this time because we are in awe of god's great love for us that god sent us jesus and and it made me think about this book that I really like and I have used in when I'm teaching about worship, and it's called Worship Comes to Its Senses, mm. and it's by Don Selliers. Mm-hmm. And he, it's a small booklet, and it's very easy to read. I commend it to our listeners to go, go find it. But each chapter takes a different sense, and he said every worship should have the sense of awe, the sense of delight, the sense of truth, and the sense of hope. And so as I'm thinking about this uh, Holy Week, as you both have described so beautifully, how can we incorporate all of these senses into all the series of these events that lead us up to Easter Sunday? And, you know, we always talk about, oh, so many people go from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday Mm -hmm. and miss the richness uh, that is Holy Week. So again, I, I hope there are ways that people can think about inviting and making these services so compelling that people have to come uh, because they don't get the rest of the story until they get all of the story. So as I was thinking about music for Palm Sunday through Easter, you know, I, I really think I don't have a whole lot of suggestions other than perhaps do try and do something that might be a little out of your comfort zone. People expect certain things, of course. Christ the Lord is risen today on Easter mm-hmm. Sunday, mm-hmm. or all glory, laud, and honor on Palm Sunday. Maundy Thursday, which is commanded to love, what wondrous love is this, is such a perfect song for that evening. Good Friday, you, the, the title is Dancing in the Dark. Well, Lord of the Dance mm-hmm. fits perfectly mm-hmm. into that. So there are some things that can be a little bit different than what we normally do. But of course, then also 
do give people the familiar. We we have to find that balance. I was going to say also for Were You There, we often sing that on Good Friday, but there is the resurrection mm-hmm. verse at the end, mm-hmm. which you can save for Holy Saturday or even begin the Easter Sunday morning with that verse that leads then into the, the full triumph of singing Easter. So those are some of my suggestions. I, I, I think, again, people know how to do this and perhaps leaning into some some of the suggestions that we have already made in this series would be good. Mm-hmm. I, I think one thing that we need to stress is that people are always saying, oh, I've got to do something new, you know, but you don't have to. I mean, sometimes the traditions, the rituals, the patterns that the church is used to, that they lean into, they find some comfort and some joy and some excitement in the midst of all of that, too. Don't mm-hmm. feel like you have to rework this every time. Mm. That's right. And especially coming out of the pandemic. You know, mm-hmm. we, well, we yeah. crave some of the familiar. Absolutely. So uh, finding that balance, yeah. I, I think in part it's about the attitude that we bring to it. You know, is it truly a, a mountaintop, a high, holy experience, even if it's the same crowd that there is there week after week, that maybe in your church, you don't get the the crowds of people showing up on Easter like they do in some settings. But still, you know, there there needs to be that anticipation, that excitement, that enthusiasm about what's going on mm-hmm. on this, this mountaintop experience. And then from there, we say, okay, so what, how do we hold on to that? Because we move on then into Easter tide, the, the Sunday's after Easter, or actually the Sundays of Easter. I make a note about that in one of the planning notes. This is the second Sunday of Easter. We're we're still embracing Easter. We're still experiencing Easter. But now we ask the question, how do we make it our daily experience, our daily life? So the series that we follow the In Awe of Grace with is called A Living Hope. And so now we're going to live this out. We're going to find ways to make it real for us every every week. And so we have we have, is it five weeks? I don't even remember now. Yeah, I think five weeks. Six, six. weeks. Six weeks. My goodness, Easter tide mm-hmm. is long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always forget. Usually because, uh, you know, you take the Sunday after Easter off and let somebody else do it. But anyway. <laughs> so, so we start with the fullness. of, uh, And the other thing that we did in this series before I look at individual weeks, the other thing we did is we, com- we paired the Psalms with the Epistle. That's an unusual kind of thing in my experience. Psalms and and gospel often are psalms and and Hebrew scriptures, but we decided to do the psalm and the epistle. And sometimes we do that well and bring them both up. Sometimes we focus on one or the other. And that's that's what you can do in your own setting. Decide which of those wants to take precedence where you want to focus on. The epistle is Peter. First Peter, first and second Peter, and an opportunity for us to talk about living this out. You know, the, the epistles of Peter are talking about being the church. Now, granted, it was written in a time of, of struggle and oppression, and, and we may not be in that sort of mode here, at least in the United States. There may be other places in the world that can more resonate with the oppressed church, but certainly not for, for many of us who are listening to this podcast today. But yet, we still have the struggle of living out the realities of our faith day by day, week by week, in every encounter that we have. So that's what we wanted to focus on a little bit. 
So we try to maintain the, the mountaintop experience as we come down. So the first, the second Sunday of Easter is fullness of joy, holding on to this and, and grabbing hold of that joy and say, how do we live out joy? Even in difficult moments, even at times are struggling. Peter talks about to express our joy even in the midst of suffering. How an easy thing is that? Well, that's why we need the community. That's not why we work together in the midst of that. And then the, the following week is called Loosening the Bonds. That's the reminder that even though this thing has been completed, this resurrection happened, and we are now saved by grace through faith or, or whatever language we want to use for that, we're still in process. We still have things that we're holding on to that we need to let go of, or we need to have things let go of us so that we can move on. How do we tell our story to one another about this process? I talk a lot about on, on April 23rd, the third Sunday of Easter, loosening the bonds, talk a lot about testimony. How do we hear from one another? We need the experience of the community to help us walk through this process. Some of us live in denial and need the witness of, of others around us. Then the fourth Sunday of Easter, guardian of the soul, April 30th, it's when we're reminded that we don't walk alone. Psalm 23 is the psalm that rises for that Sunday the Lord is with me, you know, I do not walk alone, and I'm surrounded by this. And so we talk about that guardian and how we are protected, even as we seem to feel like we're walking on our own through difficult times. We are, in truth, not alone, and our faith reminds us of that as we celebrate that. Then May 7th, 5th Sunday of Easter, like living stones, a reminder that we are a part of the building of the kingdom but what I like to emphasize in, in the passage from Peter is that he says, let yourself be built. Not it's up to you or you're going to do this, but it's let yourself. It is surrendering to the one who is creating the kingdom, but it's being a part. It is taking your place and, and holding up what you're, you're called to hold up. It is strengthening what you're called to strengthen. We are like living stones in the midst of that. The next one, then, is, is the dreaded E word, the evangelism word, the telling the story word. May 14th, always be ready. Always be ready to give an account of the hope that is within you. Always be ready to tell the story. Always be ready. And what's hidden in that a little bit is that the hope is evident somehow. And people are going to ask and say, what, what's up with you? <laughs> How are you able to do that? Who are you? Tell us your story a little bit and always be ready. Don't shy away from opportunities to tell the story that you know, that you've experienced. And that's, that was the call that, that Peter laid on us with that. And then finally, we end the Eastertide series with, with that call to cast your cares it's a, it's a reminder again that even though we have work to do, we have to tell our story, we have, to, we have to shore up, we have to be living stones. In the end, we're not anxious about it. That's, that's how I come around. Mm. It's not the individual worries. It is the, the idea of worrying that we pass. So say, yes, I have things to be concerned about. I have things to care about. It's not telling us not to care about anything anymore. It's telling us not to be tied up in knots about it. It's living in trust that the guardian of our souls, that the Christ who walks with us is, is strong enough to carry whatever is on our hearts and minds. And so the, the invitation then at the end of Eastertide is, is to trust that, that God's got this and God's got you and let's walk together with that reality.
Derek, what I love about this, like a living hope is really even just the title invites us to explore how are we actually living this? Mm. What does it mean for us to take Easter and put it into practice? Not just that it gives us life, but it gives us the shape of our life, right? It gives us the the, the, the ways to practice. The texture, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Like the content of our life yeah. Yeah. is in it, right? And and so I knowing, I know worship leaders, you're like, okay, we got through Easter. Let's take a deep breath, <laughs> <That's> right? right. <laughs> yeah. exactly. sure. And so I completely understand that. But I think that is... You know, we, we, there's a little bit of a breath on that that second Sunday of Easter, but then I, I really, in putting together the liturgical resources, wanted to imagine what would it look like for us to embody these practices, mm-hmm. to embody mm-hmm. testimony, mm-hmm. to embody that guardianship. And so, in fact, I, I, you'll find is, you know, between the Psalms and Peter, there's a lot of testimony yes. <laughs> throughout yeah. Eastertide, which is intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're going to find several opportunities throughout to explore ways to testify within worship. I think we can often think of it as like testimony is when we get up and we're in front of everybody and we're telling our very long story about our call or about what God has done in our lives. And that is a beautiful way to testify. But I also tried in one week, you're going to find a prayers of the people that invites a very particular kind of like testifying, how is God at work? Mm-hmm. And where do I need God to be at work? And and sh- so short testimonies from many about just what our needs are. And there's a call to worship later in the series where we invite you to prepare the people, you know, have a post up in the middle of the week, you know, how has God been with you in a difficult time, right? And then invite people to comment or to be thinking with that question, and then come and actually call one another into worship, remembering the ways God has been with you, right? And 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 naming those very short testimonies, but knowing that even a sentence or two from one another can really shore us up. And, and we gain the benefit and the beauty of testifying to one another and practicing testifying for mm-hmm. when our stories mm-hmm. are needed outside of the walls of the church as well. And then within that, there's also several intentional prayer practices or opportunities for engaging the scripture of the day in a kind of an embodied or tactile prayer. So during Living Stones, you're going to find a Living Stones prayer practice where invite the kids to bring their rock collections Mm -hmm. and dump them out (laughs) during the children's sermon, and then invite after the sermon people to come forward and have a rock and lead them through like a responsive prayer so that that rock can be taken with them to remind them who they are and how we you know how we keep being living stones mm-hmm. or a prayer practice during casting your cares where we cast the cares we we have a piece of paper or we have an intentional object that people have the opportunity to give over mm-hmm. and and it, that doesn't mean we don't still carry them as you said Derek but it's an opportunity to know that God is also holding them mm-hmm. that God is also with us so it's kind of I feel like Easter and resurrection this season is a time for really an abundance of practice. And that doesn't mean you have to do all of them, but really we tried to give lots of options, lots of ways to weave in familiar songs or new songs in those prayer practices, but just ways to kind of 
not just not, not just extend the 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 excitement of Easter, but like take the mountaintop and go, how does coming down off the mountain change me? Mm-hmm. And how do I keep practicing that change as a community, but also giving people resources as sent out people who go out into the week carrying Easter and resurrection with them. What's, what's fascinating about that, Lisa, is that we often think of Lent as the time to do these practices. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, no, we're going to keep doing them. Or we're going to do different right. ones or new ones or more mm-hmm. ones. With That's that. right. Yeah, I love that idea. Well, and I think the scriptures really open us to so many visual and mm-hmm. tactile practices. And I'm so glad that, Lisa, that you've really opened our eyes to a lot of that. I mean, with that first Sunday, Fullness of Joy, here we are, April 16, just to bring in fresh flowers and plants Mm. and things that are living. I mean, I I could just see the altarscape having so many of these (laughs) beautiful things on, loosening the bonds to have ropes or fabrics that are loosely Mm -hmm. tied together, a shepherd's crook for the Psalm 23, Guardian of the Soul, and of course, the stones. I love the stones. You could do right. all, so many cool things with that. So yeah, it's it, there's a lot of really good stuff here. Yeah. As I was looking at the songs and hymns, I made some suggestions on, on maybe some theme ideas that could carry through the six weeks. Here I Am to Worship is a a well-known contemporary Christian song. It's found in worship and song and could be the call to worship for every week of mm-hmm. these six weeks. Mm-hmm. And and I think even if your congregation doesn't know it, after the first couple, they will be able to sing it. So that's another great time to, to teach something new. An opening hymn could be How Firm a Foundation. Now that's, mm-hmm. a, that's one we know very well. So again, balancing something new with something familiar. Hope of the World is another one that is referenced for this whole series. And A Call to Prayer, you'll find this one in the faith we sing, Grace Alone. Mm. And as I was looking at this, it's a it's a, a two-verse hymn with a refrain. And the refrain would be a great call to prayer and also a response to the prayer time. Grace Alone, which God supplies. Strength Unknown, he will provide. Christ in us, our cornerstone, we will go forth in grace alone. Mm. So it fits this whole series really well. And then a closing hymn. Here's another new one that I'm going to throw out in another language, in fact, Song of Hope, Canto de Esperanza. And it's also in the faith we sing. And again, could teach it to the children or to the choir first and then have them over time, teach it to the congregation. Overall, I there's some really great hymns throughout these six weeks that I have curated for you. Certainly the sun, Sunday, which has Psalm 23, there's the King of Love, My Shepherd is, Shepherd Me, O God. Just some, some of these hymns that I think work very, very well. And the final Sunday, I'm just going to skip to the last one, the the one on casting your cares. Well, we have a cares chorus that's found (laughs) in the faith we sing, perfect for this time. I think, Lisa, you incorporated that into Mm -hmm. one of the liturgical acts. So, yeah, take a look at the whole listing here. And I think you will find things that are both familiar and maybe something new that over the six weeks you can teach your congregation. One of the things I really appreciate Diana, is the idea of letting a song or a chorus 
be the thematic bridge that carries us mm-hmm. through the whole season. We sometimes think it's the scripture or the words or the theme that we write, but I think a song can help the congregation know, okay, we're in a season, we're doing this together, and there's this ongoing mm-hmm. thing. And it's not, we don't need to be afraid of says, oh, this again, you know, because it, it, is, it becomes the means by which we then enter into another another experience, another expression, another encounter, and it connects to where we've been and where we're going. Yeah, and it can it can become something like a Lectio Divina, that mm. every time you come back mm-hmm. to it, you hear it differently in light of all, all the other acts of worship around it. Right. Yeah, and I know that in the past you've talked about, if you are afraid of the repetition, then do it differently, you know, do it do it as a, a choir piece or a solo piece or even an instrumental piece and then a congregation mm-hmm. piece or, or back and forth like that. I, but, I, but I think that connecting bit is, is important to people. It reminds them that we're on a journey here together. We're living yes. this out. Right. Tell us about Pentecost. Well, we're going we're gonna to finish up with Pentecost, finish up <laughs> this podcast anyway with Pentecost, because another mountain, we climb another mountain and and we've titled we don't, it's only two weeks we're only looking at Pentecost Sunday and Trinity Sunday, and granted Trinity Sunday is the first of the Sundays after Pentecost, and then we have a long season of that. But 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 I put them together sort of like a shared mountaintop experience. We have the Pentecost event, and then we have the the celebration of the experience of God in terms of the Trinity. So we call that when God came down like fire. I just love that idea that says, here's a moment that's so startling, so spectacular in a way that, that you've got to do something. You've got to respond to that somehow. But then when you look at Pentecost Sunday on, on the 28th of May, Pentecost Sunday, what, what I suggest in the planning notes and the preaching notes is that there's a comparison to be made here, that Pentecost has different emotions and experiences. We can focus on the acts story uh, in Acts chapter 2 and all that that amazing stuff, which granted is only a couple of verses. <laughs> when we read the long passage from Acts, most of it is a response to, it's not the event, the event's only a couple of verses long, mm-hmm. but it is the fire, it is the wind, it is all of this amazing transformative thing that happens. But we also are given, the gospel lesson is is from John, where it says, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, a much more gentle receiving of that. And so so I offer that up to to you as you're planning your worship to think it doesn't have to be an either or, it can be a both and. We can both mm-hmm. celebrate the, the fire and the power and the glory, but also then rest in the quiet sighing of the Holy Spirit that comes in that. Either way, you know, whichever way fits our context better, we're talking about that encounter with God, that experience and expression that, that God is actually coming close enough to touch, close enough to feel, close enough to, to experience in some profound way. Which then leads to the next Sunday, Trinity Sunday, which basically says, let's talk about that experience of God. Let's understand that experience of God. Well, actually, I, I caution to use the word understand. Let's live in the experience. I'm not sure we ever really understand God, even in this this. Trinitarian understanding that we've expressed, you know, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, whatever language we want to use mm-hmm. in that, it's all it's all trying to capture something of our experience. And so that maybe even during worship or in preparation for worship, you ask people, 
how do you experience God? How do you know God? How has God made God's self known in your life and experience mm-hmm. that? But along with that, there is this experience, this encounter that leads to something. So that's why we titled Trinity Sunday, Go Therefore. Mm-hmm. The therefore is because you've met God, because God has been real to you in some tangible way, some concrete kind of way, at least in your experience. And there's always a therefore. Because of that, what are you going to do? How are you going to live? Where are you going to go? What's your life going to look like? And so we we look at both, to, to grasp this enormity of God, we look at Genesis 1, and we look at Matthew 28. So the beginning of Genesis, beginning of the Bible, and the end of the Gospel of Matthew, where, where Jesus says, go therefore. And so it's all of that, we encompass all of that and, and say, how do we then live out this knowledge, this experience, this expression, both in worship, but also in the world? Mm-hmm. So how do we do that, Lisa? Well, what I found so compelling about this very short service is the way in which the planning and preaching notes lead us to think about how God comes down on like fire in perhaps a different way. So I actually want to start by talking just a little bit about the graphics for this week. Mm. We've been exploring some different ways to do the graphics. And what I loved about both this like mighty God comes down like fire and then the very gentle he breathed on them, these two kind of feelings of Pentecost, was exploring not how do we think of the tongues of fire like like these mighty wind and forces and everything, but how do we think of them as gentle sparkles mm-hmm. that light the way, that in the night do brighten it up, but they're they're more celebratory. And they're more, I, I think of, you know, gathering and having sparklers on the 4th of July, right? There's something celebratory and yet also cautious because I'm definitely not giving my preschoolers sparkler yet, right? So it's still, it is still fire and it still has its, its ability to change, to burn, to to do, it can be a little bit dangerous. And I think that's part of Pentecost is that feeling of a little bit of danger. And yet it is also light and sparkly and it breathes and it spreads. And so you'll find in the graphics, not your mighty flames, but sparklers. And I, I want us to think with what would it mean to think about Pentecost as this sparkle that we receive and then and then are part of sending out, right? Are part of sharing the Holy Spirit with others. But then what I also loved is this idea of pairing it with Trinity Sunday. What does it then mean to think of the light is what we carry with us? Mm-hmm. As we go, therefore, the light goes with us. And it is... It is deep inside. It is not just something that we get to to sparkle around on on Pentecost. It is not something that kind of touches us and then burns out, but it it abides within us as we go forth. So you'll see in our graphics and playing with that. And I, I invite you to think about what that would mean in your own worship spaces. What what would it mean to incorporate a gentleness 
and a warmth within kind of the grandeur that we sometimes have for Pentecost, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm always excited about bringing out the red for Pentecost <laughs> Sunday. Yes, we finally yes. get to bring it out. But what does it mean to mix the red with gentle yellows or oranges or other really warm colors? What does it mean to incorporate other ways of experiencing light with the red? so that we, we kind of get that multivalent, multi-sensory sense of light and fire and, and the Holy Spirit's presence among us. And then, if, if I may, I want to suggest that maybe a little bit of red could stick around for Trinity Sunday, right? You renegade, you. I renegade. I mean, I know. And we we love to have our white on Trinity Sunday. And I'm not saying don't have the, the white, but think about making the tie for mm-hmm. your congregation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In Trinity Sunday, we really have this opportunity to, to explore the relationship we have with the triune God, and that includes the Holy Spirit, Um, We've just come off of Easter, and so we've really been with Jesus, and now the Holy Spirit is introduced. What does it mean for us to think with all three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Not just with our minds, not just with our hearts, but with our eyes, with Mm -hmm. with the visuals Mm -hmm. that are in worship. And then I just want to invite everyone to, as you look through the liturgical resources, there are some excellent, there's an excellent meditation from the Africana worship book that we provided about Trinity Sunday that can be such a natural image of a tree that can help us think with Trinity Sunday a different way. And then explore how the calls to worship, the benediction, and everything in between can help us again enter into following the disciples. There's some the disciples are doing a lot of things in our texts for these two Sundays. And what does it mean for us to be with them in all of it and not just watching them, but to mm. like the disciples be invited and like the disciples be commissioned? And how is those that invitation and that commissioning in our relationship with God part of how we gather certainly, but also how we're sent out into the world? Mm. Well, it makes me think of the prayer that we have for for true singing. May, may what we sing with our lips, pra- we practice in our lives. That's right. And That's so, right. yeah, so what we sing is really important in this period of Pentecost and Trinity Sunday. As we were just discussing, I, I love your take on all of this, Lisa, about the gentle spirit versus the fire. And we need both, of course. Right. But I started thinking about I am the church, you are the church, mm. we are the church together. So maybe a Pentecost Sunday can start with a children's song. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a song we would always sing when we would have children's time. But it does have that verse that Pentecost some people receive the Holy Spirit. So that would be a really great one to use on Pentecost Sunday. Of course, we have all the spirit hymns. Every time I feel the spirit, which is so lively and from our African-American tradition, spirit of the living God, it makes a great call to prayer or response to prayer. In Spanish, there's one called Somos Uno en Cristo, Somos Uno. We are one in Christ Jesus. We are one. Mm-hmm. And it, it brings in the, the Trinity in, in that song. But the one I really think fits for both Sundays is in the midst of new dimensions. The refrain is a winner. It's God of rainbow, fiery pillar, leading where the eagles soar, 
we your people ours the journey now and ever now and ever now and ever more what a strong mm-hmm. refrain that mm-hmm. is to the five verses of this hymn and again you could use some of the verses on one sunday and the other verses on another sunday or sing them all both sundays but that one really brings in the idea of the Holy Spirit as fire, God comes as fire, but then also that we have to journey forward. We can't just sit with it and mm-hmm. and and hoard it, if you will, but we have to do something with it. Other songs for Trinity Sunday, if you're looking at the Genesis passage, there's all these great hymns that deal with creation, all creatures of our God and King, the wonderful Francis of Assisi poem that's uh, so gorgeous. For the beauty of the earth, so nice to sing at this time of the year. All things bright and beautiful. Another one that's considered a children's hymn, but is also wonderful for the congregation. And one of my newer favorites by John Thornburg, God the Sculptor of the Mountains. Mm. Again, just brings in this beautiful imagery. And then God of Wonders. This is from in worship and song. God of Wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy. You are holy. So there's some really great songs that I've put on the on the website for you all to look at. And I encourage you to, to sit with them, maybe sing them through with your choir or with your worship leadership. And maybe that one that is going to be perfect will bubble up and be the right thing to choose for your congregation. Wow. It's it's exciting. I want to do Easter. I want to do Pentecost. I want to. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Let's let's do this. I know the calendar will flip through faster than we're ready, but we mm-hmm. hope that this has given you some ideas, some inspiration, some encouragement to really embrace these both the mountaintop and then the journey in between the high holy times to to live out this faith, to hold on to that faith. So, we thank you for joining us today for this conversation and. Also say that, remember, you can find more information at our website, umcdiscipleship.org. All the series that we talked about in this podcast and some more besides are, are up on the website. You can go and find them. And we also would love to have a conversation. So tell us what you think. Send us an email. Get in touch with us so that we can we can respond and share and, and maybe hear some great ideas from you all as you're working through these important moments in the life of worship in your church. So until next time, we, the worship team, will be praying for and with you and your congregation. So may God continue to bless your worship ministry as you make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.